Shalom everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Upper Room. Uh, I'm your host, uh, thank you once again for joining us, much obliged for you to spend your time with us uh, for another uh, ramble in the scriptures. Um, before we get into uh, today's topic, uh, again, do all the algorithm stuff, like, share, subscribe, comment if you feel led, all those things are much appreciated. Um, now, today's topic is, a, I think, it's a fascinating uh, conversation, uh, a conversation that's had, uh, had been had throughout the, uh, the body of Messiah for a long time, uh, with plenty of conjecture, plenty of opinions. With that being said, just a reminder to our audience, this isn't a teaching, this is a, an exploration of opinion, a sharing of ideas. Uh, the whole idea of the Upper Room is a, a safe place in which we can uh, sit down, mid-rash, share thoughts and ideas and views on the uh, on the scriptures and actually come to a point where we can agree to disagree uh, on some matters and uh, still walk forward in love in patience uh, because uh, love conquers all so with that being said um, I'm joined by two beautiful sisters uh, with a fascinating topic so if you'd be so kind to introduce yourselves go on Sam hi um, I'm Sammy um I come to the Armoured House now and again for a little visit. Um, I fellowship in Liverpool. Um, and, yeah, that's me. Brilliant. And uh, I think we've got a familiar yeah. face here. Everybody already knows who I am. Um, but, yeah, I if you don't, I'm Rebecca. I'm Joe's wife. Um, we lead the Almond House and it's a pleasure to do so and I'm really happy to bring this topic tonight and if you would have told me the topic um, five years ago I would have laughed in your face and said absolutely I will not be speaking about that I'll be not be preaching about that so the topic of tonight is talking about head coverings and um, the role that women have in the Bible and why me and both Sammy feel convicted to wear one. Um, as we'll probably get into tonight, it's been like a bumpy road. It, it didn't come to us, you know, straight off the bat. Um, but what I want to uh, remind you that you will all probably have your preconceived ideas about this topic. But I would just encourage, and I do pray, and I've been praying that people come to this with an open heart and not a hardened heart. I mean, you probably will have a hardened heart because I did. And I believe that's probably just the flesh as well. Um, you know, but yeah, it's it, we're going to dig deep into Paul tonight. And I just want to remind everyone of a scripture. Um, let me just get it up before um, before it disappears from my brain. Uh, it is 2 Peter 3.16. So speaking about Paul, he writes in the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do to other scriptures to their own destruction. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if you, if you read it wrong, it, it's, it's a massive big deal. However, some things I'm going to speak about tonight are going to hopefully maybe change your mind and opinion when we look at the Greek and the different translations and how it has been tampered with so yeah stay tuned and yeah we'll 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 hit it off now um amazing again just to re-emphasize that this is a uh, this is a subject that's been uh, discussed taught uh, debated uh, ad hominem is is it's a lengthy one um so 
undoubtedly we will be unpacking some scripture. We will be getting into some theology and some doctrine. And as uh, Bex uh, rightly said, like we're wading into to Paulian waters, which can be <laughs> choppy to say the least. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, have an open mind, have an open heart and uh, be ready to receive. And um, I think, uh, Sammy, we had a, a conversation prior to, to coming on and it's about um, the emphasis of your relationship with with the with the most high basically because ultimately the holy spirit leads the holy spirit convicts and the holy spirit uh teaches so i hope uh this conversation can shine some light in an area uh, in which uh, you may not know too much about or to actually hear some um first-hand testimony of the uh, of the differences that this can make this isn't uh for me i don't think this is a you you have to do this but i hope that uh people can glean some uh, some good stuff from it and uh with that being said uh because i'm not the one wearing the head covering as it were if you'd like to kick us off bex and sammy in, in terms of where you'd like to go with this yeah sure sam shall we start with the uh the two witnesses in the torah i'm sure you're pretty clued off on that one we've just yeah. been speaking <laughs> well um well i'll do one witness and okay. then you can do the other. <laughs> um so the witnesses in the torah um um the jealous husband in numbers numbers five um yeah so the husband's jealous and he goes to the priest and he thinks his wife is having an affair so the priest brings the wife so they bring the wife to the priest and before he even um he questions her or you know, he takes off her head covering. Um, because that's the symbol of authority. Right. Um because if she has committed adultery, then she loses um the authority, which is through the through the husband. Um yeah, so that's witness one. So before we go into witness two, um, just for some context of the conversation, we've got uh, obviously elements within Paul and his letters to talk about the the, the ordering and and uh, the 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 process behind the whys and wherefores. But we're kind of looking at the foreshadowing and the typology in the Torah of this, as opposed to what Paul's saying. So uh, yeah, just for some context that that this isn't just a uh, New Testament concept. That this is something that's found. Uh, from from the first book, from the first chapters uh, and all the way through. Yeah, I mean, literally from the first book. Um, the second witness I've got here is uh, Rebecca and Isaac. Um, so as we all know, Eleazar was out looking for a bride for Isaac. He was the Holy Spirit, the helper. And um, Genesis 24, 65, it is my master. So she took off a veil and covered herself and I've put here that this act um, of modesty and submission, it was like she was guided by the Holy Spirit to then veil herself. And that played a massive part in Eleazar, knowing that that was the wife for Isaac. And for me as well, they think about it in Genesis, um, even in Numbers, they didn't have the written Torah. They didn't have it as a commandment. So what a lot of people will say is, oh, well, it's not a commandment. It wasn't a commandment for them then because they didn't have the commandments. It was right. it was something oral, passed down, 
that they knew um, it was beneficial to them. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk more on that in a minute, talking about um, probably my opinion and how they probably knew that why it was beneficial to them on a spiritual aspect. But let's just look at it here. Like it's there, they're doing it in the Torah. Yeah, it might not be written in the Torah. However, it's acted out in the Torah before they even had the Torah. So for some reason we have to, we can't ignore it, you know, if it's there and it's in the word. Um, and then again, it's picked up by Paul in the New Testament. It's like, wow, like we have to pay some attention to this. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I think before you go, Sammy, sorry, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm picking up a theme this year, like even in the Torah portions and in the in the teachings in general, is this this pattern of things that are, were taking place before um, uh, before the command before Sinai, yeah. that there was uh, the law was being practiced and and used and utilized, like even before it was put down to paper, like it precedes mm-hmm. um, space and time basically. But sorry, Sammy, after you, my love. Um, I was going to go to the scripture numbers um, five, nineteen, just you know, to make sure that it's right. Right. Um, and the priest shall put her under oath, and say to the woman, "If no man has lain with you, and if you have not gone astray." Um, sorry, <laughs> let's say it again. It's a bit higher up, actually. And then the priest shall stand the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head, mm. you know, and put an offering from remembrance in her hands. So as the woman's brought before the priest, he takes off the covering from her head, right. which is the um, it shows that she's under authority. Right. Yeah, which yeah. I think before we, uh, I think we're going to get into this, but I think for me, there's a there could be a foreshadowing of protocol in mm-hmm. a um, holy set apart setting, which I think plays a big role in the interpretation of what we see take place later on. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so as we are talking about authority, I think we can maybe now go to Paul. And he talks a lot about authority. It's in 1 Corinthians 11, and it is from verse six, maybe. But I want you to know that he, that he head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head for that that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. So now thinking about authority, what Paul is saying here is there's a biblical line of authority. And he's saying that the head of the man is Christ and that the head of the woman is the man. So it's it's not necessary for a man to do it because that's showing that he's under authority of another man. Whereas if he doesn't do it, he is then under authority of God. And head is the idea of headship and authority. It means to have the appropriate responsibility to lead and matching accountability it is right and appropriate to submit to someone who is our head so the men do have to submit to god and we have to submit to the men and it's just it's a nice reminder to know that who we are to submit to um yeah Yeah. on that sam Uh, before you go sam so um again we'll just to widen the lens of first corinthians 11 uh it was 11 yeah we we need to understand. We need to remember why Paul's addressing these people. Yeah. This this whole essentially this is restoring order. 
and the godly uh, structure we're addressing that to the saints uh, the a, 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 a gathering of people that is disorderly uh, that is not submissive in the sense of the typology shown in the structure of um, Christ and man and etc um, so it's it's important to emphasize that Paul is is trying to bring that 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 um, structure back now uh, again, uh, I put my smarty pants on. I believe that there's generally two schools of thoughts within Christianity at large. Uh, one would be uh, what's known as complementarianism, and that is uh, that sounds very smart, but it's basically uh, strength in the appropriate place. So men, God has created man and women equally but different, and if we if we conform to the submission in which God has uh, ordained, everything works as it should do. And then you've got the other side where everything should be equal and we know what uh, equality in today's context is. So um, just that's just a wider context of what Paul is talking about. It's all in disarray. Uh, it's all gone a bit wild in the church and Paul is like, look, we need to get this order back back into, into place. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Sammy. Yeah, um, well, in the beginning, everything was equal. Right. But it's because of the fall. Right. Because Eve was deceived. Right. By Satan, the fallen angel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and God did say, you know, your desire will be to rule over your husband, but he will rule over you. Mm. Um, and the next time the la- the next time you see that word desire is when Cain, you know, it was is he said to Cain, um, be careful because the desire of your sin is at your door as at the door. Right. Do you know? So um it was all equal when they walked in the garden, but when Eve got deceived by Satan, that's when um, things changed and we were put under um, the headship, headship of our husbands. And, you know, it's a godly way. Um, and he only wants to do it because he's, he's looking after us, right. protecting us from the angels. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting you say about desire as well. Uh, I think in uh, James... Uh, first chapter in James, it says that God is not the author of temptation, but man is to be given to the desires of his heart. Yeah. So men and women equally are, are are prone to what's going on inside and, and being yeah. led by that. And I think as you're uh, eloquently putting this, uh, this can be particularly applicable to headship in general and then covering and, and everything that entails with it. Yeah, I mean... It just says angels, so it could be um, fallen angels, but then it all could, all, all, it could also be um, the angelic angels, yeah. like what it says in Revelation. Do you know? Um, so is that is that in the sense that like the angels are present when we're gathered? So again, um, I know that Paul's speaking a lot about protocol when we're gathering together. Uh, in a set apart place mm-hmm. that is because we are surrounded by the Malek, by the heavenly messengers mm-hmm. and they're watching and yeah. they're looking at our behaviors and we don't know when we're entertaining angels. So yeah. um, I think that's one school of thought when it comes to why Paul mentions um, elusively about the, the angelic because, okay, you've got the gen gen six element, which I'm sure we're going to get into, mm-hmm. but then also we've got, we need to remember the company that we're keeping and the actions and the protocol for men and women when we're gathered together as a, as a set apart congregation. 
Yeah, and in Hebrews, you've got the ministering angels as well. Right. You know, and, you know, as Christians, um, you know, we want to receive healing and deliverance. You know, it's all about prayer, isn't it, as well? Right. You know, so that's, um, it's protection yeah. from demons, but then also showing respect to the angels. They know that you're under authority, mm-hmm. you know, um, so there's that side of things as well, isn't there? Yeah. I've got a scripture here, and again, it's Paul, and it's in Ephesians, I think. For it seems to me that God has displayed us apostles at the end of the procession like prisoners appointed for death. We have become a spectacle to the whole world, to the angels, as well as to men. So Paul tells us that we are a spectacle to the angels. There's good angels and there's bad angels, as Sammy's just spoke about, and they're all watching they're all watching to see who we are in submission to, whether we're in submission to our husbands, whether we're in submission to um, the church. And just because we are in submission doesn't mean we are inferior. So God and Yeshua are one. Right. However, Yeshua still was under God's authority when he walked on the w- on the earth. So just like us now, it doesn't mean that like we're any inferior. We just have a different role to do. And um, when Paul was speaking about the head covering, basically in in them times, it was just unheard of for women to not wear a head covering. The only people that didn't wear a head covering were prostitutes and like complete Gentiles, because even people, even the Greeks, most of the Gentiles sometimes even wore them. And, you know, the word um, is veil and cover. And in our, um, you know, culture we associate like a veil with like what muslims wear like a full-blown um head covering where you can only see their eyes but you know taking a look at the culture at the time and the pictures and the art artist representations like that wasn't really a thing Mm -hmm. until the muslim age came it was just a piece of material a small veil a covering and you know people can say well you know will you only wear one this big or this big and there's lots of debates does it have to be this but you know I don't stand at the door and say, well, how long are your seats? Exactly. You know, I, the, it's an act of faith putting it on, knowing your place, knowing that you are under God's church and under God and under your husband. Um, because also he talks about being um, in submission to your leaders. So if you are single and you are at a church, it shows that you are submiss- submissive to the church leaders. And, you know, the men also have to be, submissive to the church leaders if you're married but then you are submissive to your man so he's gave us a perfect way to show who we are in authority to just like when we wear seat seats or just it, people might say it's a bit of cloth from home and bargain and I'm because I've heard it all the time it's just a piece of cloth you know and I'm like well so is seat seats it's an act of faith putting it on and when right. you wear seat seats it shows that you are in covenant with God when you wear a head covering it shows that you are submissive to your husband and therefore God or church leaders you know yeah can I pick up on that but yeah go go I mean go. the thing is we're being obedient to God and me, me and Becca love God not saying anyone else doesn't but with all our heart mind and soul so if God says wear a head covering then we wear a head covering that's what it says. Um, I'm just gonna just go to this scripture. Nothing to do with what I've just been saying then. But and the Lord God said, "It's not good for man should be alone. I will make him a helper, com- comparable to him." Mm. 
Um, so, you know, we are a helper for our husbands, but who else is the helper? You know, the Holy Spirit is a helper. It doesn't mean to say that you're weak. Yeah. If you're standing by your husband, I mean, the Holy Spirit stands by us. Amen. And I was saying, you know, when I first started putting my head covering on, I used to feel a bit embarrassed, mm. you know, because, you know, you hear, you blow dry and all that, don't you? Um, but, you know, if you just go to Isaiah 53 and just read, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, um, you know, he, he had no out, outward form of beauty. Nobody would give him a second glance, mm. you know, because he didn't want the outward beauty to be anything, you know, he wanted the inner beauty, a spirit, which was greater than the flesh, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really wear a head covering, not because Ray tells me to put a head covering on, right? But because God tells me to put it on, you know. Um, yeah. So. There's so that you get honestly. There's so much uh, good stuff in there, and. Um, I think there's there's two there's two shades in terms of what we're just even like getting into now is 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 the impressions of the world and what we do as Bible believing followers of Yeshua is folly to the world. So a head covering would be deemed as oppressive, yeah. sexist, um, uh, misogynist, all of these like buzzwords that um, if you don't have the Holy Spirit can from the outside look uh, look a certain way so that's how the world sees it but then we've also got the interpretations within the body as well where it's like well no I, I don't want to be um, uh, yeah I, I don't agree I don't see the the the, the scripture that way or I don't want to be um, submitted to men and it's like at no point is the bible saying you need to be submitting to all men yeah. it's not it's yeah. submittance to Christ or submittance right. to your husband. And if your husband is in submittance to Christ, then win-win. Like, it's not about, like, having to please all the men in the congregation. It's about you, the Lord, and you, your husband, mm -hmm. if you've got a husband at that point. Um, so let's make that really clear. Like, nobody's on some patriarchal campaign about, right, let's put the scarves on the women and go sit over there because that is not what the scriptures are saying. If your church is teaching that, they've got it twisted. If your leaders are taking advantage of that, they need to be checked by the Spirit as well as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's really making that clear that this is about love. This yeah. is about um, your revelation with the Lord. It's not about a man telling you you have to do X, Y, and Z. So I think that's really important that we emphasize that tonight Despite everybody's interpretations, despite yeah. what we're, we're presenting, it's between you and Yah mostly, surely. Of course. And there's a reason why Paul speaks about um, praying and prophesying. And some people say, well, I might only need to wear it when I am praying and prophesying. However, how I believe, and something that really has changed my heart towards that scripture. So Paul is saying, right, you, we already know women can't teach. We already know women can't have authority in the church. We already know that, you know, we're not supposed to lead or, um, you know, take authority in a church, but we can still have a massive role to play. Like we are spirit, and Paul is saying here, you can do that, you can pray and you can prophesy, but please just wear a head covering because this shows that you are under authority yep. to a man and the church because, and then he goes on to say, anybody that does it may as well have their head shaved. And what he's basically saying is, well, 
if you're speaking without the covering, like you may as well be speaking like the people of the world speak because, you know, you, you're not showing that you're actually under authority here. And that really changed my heart towards it because it's like, wow, you know, and then I was thinking like the amount of prayers that I've had answered since I've properly started doing this. Mm-hmm. My marriage has been so much better. I mean, I honestly believe that the only reason I'm sitting on this podcast now and I've been given a platform because, you know, some could say that I'm in a teacher role here when I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Everything that I'm speaking about tonight is come from um, discussions with my husband. We've done like a three day study on this, guys. Like tr- we've gone so deep on this. And I do not believe that the Lord would allow me to be here speaking and praying and prophesying and speaking into people's lives if I was not wearing this covering. Because this is showing that I am under authority and the angels are, you know, they, they are well pleased because I'm under authority to God, under authority to Joe, under authority to, you know, the leaders. And also, you know, as we're going to speak about soon, like the fallen angels, like they can't touch this. And, you know, you might not understand what I'm talking about, but, you know, we're going to speak more on that soon. So, yeah, stay tuned. And I think that is the protocol in action. Like this is the order that Paul is talking about. Now, when Paul also mentions about uh, women aren't to speak in church, like you can easily get that mixed up. But again, this the context of it's about the women talking about prophecy being delivered. It's about when and where somebody is to talk. And it says to go home and, and, and speak with your husband. Yeah. That isn't because women prophesy. There is prophetic women. There, it's in Acts. Yeah. It's, it's for, for, it's, Paul is not saying women cannot talk in church. It's saying that there's a particular context when prophecy is being delivered by somebody in a position of authority, yeah. not to start pointing the finger and questioning the motives, the wherefores, and the validity of that prophetic utterance. It's, if she has a question, wait, go home, speak with your husband, and then go through the protocol. So okay, it's all proof. about the emphasis of... Um, etiquette protocol the order that god is setting before the gathering of of the brethren and then the freedom that comes when that's in operation when you're in a a covenantal relationship is it the fruit is is there so again any man who's 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 following the scriptures who's really devoted understands this and is and is leaning into his wife what did you think about that today What, what what do you think about what we heard is there anything that you're not confused, you're confused, or anything I'm confused about, and you need to give me clarity? So, again, it's is I think that's a beautiful example, Bex, where it's not about suppression; it's about using the the, the tools and the skills and the the protocol that the, that you are set before us. Yeah, to be leveled up because God knows, like we always go on about spiritual warfare and the 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 trials and tests that you come under when you speak out on things. And sometimes I'm thinking, I don't want to speak about this because I know I'm going to get tested on it. It's like the angels are watching. So if you're not showing physically that you're under some kind of authority of a man or church leaders, like you're just gonna, your ministry isn't gonna last really because you know the trials and tribulations come. As we say in Scouse language, you'll get peppered. (laughs) And you do think of it. I mean, you know, and talking about women um, can't teach, blah, 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 and they can't have to stay quiet. Again, completely out of context because look at Deborah. She, she, She led and judged Israel when nobody else would step up. However, she had a husband. And I bet you now that he was approving so many things and he she was under his covering his protection because if not her ministry wouldn't have lasted we need some kind of protection we need some kind of covering like sammy said you know because of the fall right and before we get into the fall again it's the um 
when we're when when we're unpacking this element of the protocol uh, that's applicable not just to women in terms of wearing and covering when when gathered, we we can probably get into like the the an individual's conviction to wear them all the time. But I think Paul really is me personally. I think he's really focusing on what it means when you when you're gathered with others. That that men do it as well. It, it, there's a directive for men, like you know, and and we have this naturally inbuilt when we're praying. Or when we come into a gathering, like you take your hat off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You naturally just feel like that's a, a respectable thing to do, particularly yeah. in prayer. Mm-hmm. If you go into most churches and you're wearing your hat, like chances are an elder's going to say, excuse me, uh, can you? Mm-hmm. And we do it. So they, 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 it's a reciprocal thing. For There's an ordinance for both both sexes. Yeah, and I think there's a reason why um, Paul says, like, men, like, you don't need to do it because God is your authority. Like, you're completely protected by him. And if you do do it, it shows that you're under man. And you don't want to be, as a man, you don't want to be under man. You know, we know that the Jews cover their hair with the kippah, but they're under man with some serious Talmudic laws, some serious things that are keeping them away from Yeshua. So men, they need to be with God and only God and women. We need to be led by husbands. And if you're a single woman, you need to be under church authority because, you know, you're going to wander if not. And this is why it's so important, you know, to be in fellowship. Right. And just talking about like the shaving thing and, you know, you may as well have your head shaved. It was like, what are the symbols of having a shaven head? And um, we look to the Torah, like we spoke about. Um, it was all to do with like adultery, and you had your head shaved if you like trespassed your covering. So that was it. Then your covering was gone, and you had your head shaved. And it was like that was when you were being like adulterous. And you know, so again, the associations of being shorn and being uncovered are, um, you know, that they're in the Torah too. So you know, it's it, we can't ignore it. Can can we definitely and I, I think um that's one of the compelling arguments for um i know there can be um conjecture about uh, whether it's your hair is your covering or your man is your covering mm. or whether it's an actual uh, you know like when it talks about a man like a man doesn't get his hair cut mm. when yeah. he's praying in the, so why would you then apply that to a woman and say well it's your hair that's the covering like because yeah. you can't that's not a so I think that's a compelling area where it, we are talking about an actual, yeah. it's, your hair isn't sufficient as, as the covering. It may be a, cl- a cover, a, a, a crown in glory, and I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I just think that's an interesting element where we may not necessarily be talking about the hair as the covering. Well, Darren, you've just hit the nail on the head that many women won't get. And it's like the smoking gun, as Joe calls. We've been studying <laughs> Galatians and he's like, this is a smoking gun in Christianity. They use this to to, to, to try and get the way out of it. And again, I think this has been placed in there on purpose. But if you go to our beloved Blue Letter Bible, there are actually two different words for covering. Right. Okay, yeah. So the first word, speaking about having your head covering or uncovered, that is... Um, catacalypto to veil or to cover nice, oneself nice nice right, haven't yes. got the g haven't got the g strong <laughs> word but <laughs> you'll find it and again that was the piece of um, material the covering the faith that women did and then if we look at the next verse down there's actually like a break in between um that scripture where it says about um her hair is her glory and it's her covering and basically the root word for that is par Bolion. 
and that is like a physical body part that's just like your hair like it, it, it's it's there for you, for you um and your glory however the parbolion actually means um it was using in hercules and all the ancient greek texts and hippocrates as um a sexual organ so that word right. is actually interchangeable they use it as testicle because they believed that women's hair was made them get pregnant more something about like making them more fertile it made the, the the egg and the semen meat it was all bizarre you know medical that they genuinely genuinely believed so paul has used this word here to say that that your hair is actually your sexual organ and it's like well what does that mean and if we get more into the the depth of what women were doing with the hair and how women flaunt themselves with the hair and women make themselves look more attractive with the hair and as sammy said like our hair shouldn't be used for that, you know, it's it's used to attract men, but no, we're not called to do that, we're called to be humble, not of approach, not of um, beauty, not of have inward beauty, whereas the hair then was used, and it still is now used to like attract people, and it was even used and believed to be a sexual organ then, so there's no wonder that why they covered it, if that was the association with hair. So yeah, it's 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 a deep one. Yeah, I mean, even without getting into the sort of metaphysical elements of like hair and you know melatonin and all, like if you t- if you like growing up, if you watched like an eighties Hollywood film, there would always be the unpinning of the hair moment, and it it all comes out, and the lads are just like, wow, that and and. I think it's really interesting because culture will dictate what is like, di- like what is deemed to be like uh, really? sexual or like mm. uh, attractive. Like I know in parts of Asia, like the back of a woman's neck can be like the most like that will that will you know get things going. And so depending on where you are in in time, like yeah, the hair can be like, and it is it is massive. And again, like I think the beautiful thing is in the right setting and the right time for the right people. That's what that's what it's for. Yeah. That's what it's for. Um, and, and just on, on a little tangent, that's why I find it strange in like the Hasidic, is it the Hasidic circles where they do the head shave and wear the wig? And I'm just like, yeah. this is a whole different, like something's gone. Uh, but anyway, yeah. hair is well important. And, and uh, yeah, there's a time and a place. Yeah, I just found it fascinating because so many people stumble upon that. Paul's saying all this, he's, he's spread out like six verses saying wear your head covering, wear your head covering, have your head covered. And then for him to backtrack at the end and say, no, your hair is actually your head covering. But no, he's not saying your hair is a head covering. He's saying your hair is your hair. And actually the Greeks thought it was a sexual organ. And there's a reason why he used that parbolion word, testicle almost. Right. So there's no reason that they would have their sexual organs on display in a church. So why are we? Um, and I know we see hair a lot different, but, you know, we say we live in different times, but we're not called to live in these times. These times are aware of the crooked and wicked generation. Right. We want to get back to the the ancient paths the, where the good way is, stay in the ancient paths. And there's a reason why Yeshua has has led us back to the ancient path so you know i would encourage people to really study this out and um you know do some research on the ancient ways and the paths you say you're doing sabbath you say you're doing torah well you know it all comes hand in hand eventually you know do you agree sam yeah well you can ask the father yourself right pray to the father um 
And many times when someone's came up to me and said, um, you don't have to wear hair covering, you know, your hair's your covering. And I've just said, well, I've got to live, live by the revelation that God's gave me. Um, so then I would go back to the Father and say, Lord, you know, I, am I doing it right? Is this your way? And he'd always give me another scripture, you know, the two that we've talked about today. Um, you know, we are meant to be under the authority of our husbands because God says so. And in the family as well, you know, you can't have two heads. You know, you've got to show the children, you know, that, that the husband has the authority, but then he's under God. You know, we're meant to be submissive under the husband, but then he's meant to love the wife the way Yeshua loves the church, Amen. you know. And this is a, a picture of, you know, our, our wedding day with Yeshua, you know. And if I can be submissive to my husband, then it's just training me to be um, submissive to Yeshua when he returns. And also, you know, if Ray can love me the way Jesus loves the church, which he does, um, that's just showing God that, you know, he, he's got that love in his heart, you know, and he's going to be like a good bride <laughs> for Yeshua. But I'm just going to read this um, one piece of 3.3. Three. It says, Do not let your adornments be outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on a finer pearl. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with, uh, with an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God, you know, so we're doing it if because of the sight right. of God. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've just learned that, um, you know, as I've been wearing head coverings, um, I first started wearing a head covering because um, I was a childminder looking after children, obviously, and but two of the kids that I was looking after, their mums were witches. Yeah. And... Um, in, pr in prayer with Ray, um, the Lord prompted me to start covering my head because they were putting curses on me. You know, so that's like, I know it says in the word of God, a curse can't land without a cause, but um, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to cover my head for protection. And then, you know, yeah, it's gone from there really, from... Now, and I wear mine all day. The reason being is praying is like talking to God. Mm. And I pray all day long, mm. really, you know, if you have a moment. Continually. it says that. I do pray continually and work. So, you know, I do wear my head covering all day because I do speak to God all day, every day. Love that. Um, you just reminded me of um, something Ray said uh, a while ago, and it was... I think the, the question was posed to the group, um, you know, what is the purpose of, of gathering? And he said it's to be practicing the, the presence of God. Mm. And uh, again, it's just to re-emphasize that all of these ordinances are so that when we congregate, that the glory of God can prevail, that the Spirit can move in and amongst us. And a lot of these ordinances, particularly... Um, towards the women that Paul's talking about. And I can say from a male's perspective that a woman's appearance is so powerful and a lot of these um, instructions or suggestions, if you like, are done so that there aren't distractions within worship, that there aren't distractions when there's prophecy and when there's teaching. So if you look at the worst case scenario where you've got a woman who's fully like in her splendor mm. and she's, taking a, a center stage 
she might have a uh, 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 yeah an uncovered kind of demeanor in terms of challenging, questioning. Just and it'd be the same if it was a man as well. Don't get me wrong, but there's something particularly strong about the um, the beauty and the allure of a woman that if it isn't uh, correctly um, applied within a, a modest way in that setting, it is at, at best a distraction. At worst, like it's going to be a temptation and a stumbling block to others. So that's again really important to emphasize, and I'm sure we'll segue into the um, the 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 allure of the woman in that sense. That um, yeah, these are all ordinances so that we can um, dwell and 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 make uh, the the place and environment um, set apart, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well. Um, so we, we'll, we'll go into angel territory now. Let's do it. Let's, let's go. go let's go. Angel territory. Um, so Paul leaves a last sentence and he says, like, because of the angels. And for me, that one's always been massive. I came onto this walk um, through um, seeing Joe get absolutely annihilated by fallen angels and, and demons because he had associations with the occult and was was really you know messing about with the angelic so i knew that there was dark principalities at play if you don't know that there's dark principalities at play then there is praise you if you've never experienced it you know and you've had the full covering of yeshua um but that was the first thing that saved me so that that was probably the main reason why I started wearing a head covering. I was experiencing um, a lot more like arguments in my marriage, a lot more friction. Um, I was being more rebellious in certain areas. It was like Joe would tell me to do something and like it would just go in one way a year and out the other. Um, so I knew for a fact that there was certain like angelic beings like controlling my behavior because it was like I wouldn't even know I was doing it it was like some kind of it was just craziness and you know it come about from a big argument and he said well I've been telling you this for three years I think like you know it can't get any worse than it is now like please try it out felt like a complete idiot I was like what am I doing but wow that feeling of peace of sense of like all of the thoughts in my head were gone. It was like they just disappeared. All of the weird dreams I was having as well, um, like, you know, horrible past dreams of past life that would just like torment me, they completely went away. So I knew that there was some power in this in the angelic realm. And you think, well, what? why do angels like women? You know, were you just talking about like your testimony? No, we go back to Genesis 6 for... And it was when the Nephilim were roaming the earth and they went into the women. They lusted after women and they intermarried with them. And it was the biggest reason that um, the flood came about because the gene pool of angels mixing with women was it was causing giants on the earth. And even in the occult now, um, you look at Alexander the Great and how he was apparently conceived. Joe got me onto this. We were, he was showing me like apparently Alexander the Great, um, he was conceived by his mom um, having sex with a demon. And it's massive in the demonic world. People, there's articles saying I'm having sex with demons, they're visiting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's twisted on its head, isn't it? Yeshua was born through a immaculate conception, through a, a, a ministering good angel and you know the devil has to copy things so we have to think like no I need some authority here like there's this angelic realm that are you know out to get me so I need some kind of protection in that you know yeah I totally agree Becca there is a spiritual realm there you know good and bad yeah 
I mean, even the book of Daniel, when he was he was praying, wasn't he, waiting for the answer? And um, the angel said to him, didn't he, well, it took me three weeks to get here because I was fighting. Wow. With, like, you know, anyone remember the names of those angels? Uh, well, the one that was uh, battling the Prince of Persia? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say... I want to say it was Michael. Yeah, I think it was Michael, yeah. Yeah. yeah it and was how many days? Was like 20 days. 21 days. There you go, 21 days. Yeah, yeah so there, there's there's clearly a correlation, which I, I think is is several podcasts in itself about um, the movement of the angels, yes, the right, effects yeah. that it has on us and uh, our behaviours and, and everything else is, is interrelated, which is, um, again, I think when you're actually, when you're moving in the spirit, uh, when you're... Led in the spirit more than the flesh, you 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 become more sensitive to these things. Yeah. Um, so, would you say, Sammy, that you noticed because Bex touched on there that she noticed a distinct shift in uh, essentially her peace uh, once uh, once you started wearing a head covering? Was that some something that was tangibly? Because again, I, I've heard um, many I've heard many testimonies of women who've done this and 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 have had like um, very clear. Uh, distinction of the positive impact that it had was that the same for you um i can honestly say just by being obedient to the lord wholeheartedly whatever he's telling me to do um, and head covering is one of those i believe he told me to put a head covering on i can honestly say that all my prayers have been answered wow now okay i might be praying sometimes for 20 years but if they're not answered yet and i'm still praying for them i believe wholeheartedly that they will be answered um, and so um, to wear a head covering for me, it's like a guarantee that my prayers are going to go straight up to God. Right. You know, they're not going to get intercepted by Satan. Right. Again, which emphasizes, yeah. sorry, yeah. Sorry, and also I can't be attacked by Satan also because I've got a symbol of authority on my head. Right. You know, by the fallen angels and things are going to get worse. You know, God is calling us back to his ways. Amen. Things are going to get darker. You know, um, the spiritual realm is going to get, um, the dark side's going to get even stronger. Mm. So, you know, we, we need to put the most of protection that we can for ourselves. Amen. Right. And I, I like what you said there, because um, whilst we can um, apply a spiritual application to a lot of these principles and practices, it doesn't end there. So, you know, a lot of uh, believers, uh, particularly in Christian circles, will say, well, Jesus is our covering and... Uh, you know, we have the, the gospel. All of these things are, are well valid, but yeah. time and time again, we've seen in scripture where there is a correlation between physical practices and what takes place in the spiritual realm. So I, I don't think it's any um, coincidence that, like you say, something is as simple as putting on a, a veil or a, a covering on your head does have an effect on what takes place. Because again, there are many instructions within the scriptures where Yah may not fully um, describe the whys, but if your heart's aligned in a certain way, you just say, all right, okay, you've said it, I'll trust you and I'll do it. And then obviously, like you said before, every time it's for our benefit and our protection. Um, so again, it's not necessarily about you have to do this. Like we don't have to wear seats. Eat we don't have to do any, we don't have to dress like, but there is a, a, a definite um, relationship uh, in terms of what we're doing, how we're wearing our, our clothes, how we're behaving, and, and what's influencing us in, in the cosmos, basically. Well, you know, I really believe I am a, a, a priest or priestess. Right. 
I really believe in the power of prayer. Um, and, you know, it's really important it's to do a submission as well towards my husband because um, if I do what the Lord tells me to do, you know, I've got people that I'm praying for. It's important. Mm. You know, it's for the kingdom. Oh, man. It's not for me. It's for the kingdom. Right. There's people that I'm praying for that, you know, they're not saved yet, but I want them to be. You know, our nation, I'm praying for our nation. It's important to do it the way God tells us to do it. Because he's the king. Mm. You know, it's his way, not our way. It's God's way. You know, and that's why I want to be uh, obedient to the Lord. Because it's important. The prayers that he's asking me to pray, they're important prayers. And that's that's so massive when you say they're about it's his way, not our way. Because I know... um, for people like your hair and your appearance is such a massive thing. And um, even aside from the the kind of prideful element of being in the world and all that uh, attachment that we're letting go of, like we said, your hair and the presentation is an amazing thing and it's, it's not something to be taken lightly. So um, again, it, it doesn't surprise me that it's a, a hard thing for women to do because their appearance is such a, uh, intrinsic thing about like your whole identity and, 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 and how God's made you but again it's that context of like what he's made you for what your beauty is for and when these things should be revealed and who they're revealed to yeah and the people use um the the phrase well it was for that time that culture I've also heard like it, they were in a desert it was hot and it was like, well, why would Paul mention this? Because he speaks on some seriously important topics and he doesn't just speak, you know, to a context of that time. He speaks so it, it's valid for all people. Um, he wouldn't mention it if it wasn't an eternal um, construct and it was something that was always going to be there. We also know that... Um, uh, I think it's in Jude 6, he says that the angels that lusted after women mm-hmm. are now in chains and uh, are damned to eternal darkness. You know, the Lord takes it serious when you are, um, well, not for the angels that did that. If they are in um, eternal chains and, and damnation, like God does not like fallen angels having any hold on his church you know your where is pride possession you know how would you feel if your child um was left out or in in a football game and was left out ready to so much attack you would just want to go and wrap them up in cotton wool and just say come out here put some more protection on wear a helmet put some knee pads on you know we're, t- we're given instructions you know seat belts aren't given in the torah but you don't drive around without a seat belt and say oh just have the alarm blopping off saying oh it's not in the Torah so I'm not going to wear a seatbelt you know there are some things that um are given to us for um a great blessing and safety and that's what I believe this is safety and authority knowing our place in a spiritual realm because there's serious spiritual realm out there yeah because something took place there because it says that when we're resurrected that we're not given unto marriage uh, we will be like the angels so for me, that's that's um, suggesting to me that in that that angelic context, that s- sex and appearance and all that stuff and lust is not a thing. Yeah. But Paul is clearly referring to an angelic host or a, a depiction of that that a- angelic host that has fallen, that has fallen away, and is lusting after women. So again, that, that's one of the difficulties about um, 
you, it's one of them scriptures where I wish there was more written about like yeah. what you, you've just dropped an absolute bomb uh, because of the angels, right? See you later. Yeah. And you're Mind going, oh, what's, what, what, what go, what's going on with the angels? Well, you know? in context, um, if you think, have you said to the church of Corinthians because of the angels, they are always going back to Gen- Genesis 6 and the angels that lusted after women. He, They're always going to think of that and they're always going to think like, no. And they're also going to think like, well, we know that the angels are in eternal damnation. They're chained for that. So, you know, like we need to put on some protection here because we have to be... Um, veiled because they're watching us and the good and the bad and the ugly the waiting for us and it says in job that hasatan is roaming the earth looking for somebody to attack and then he says you know well god has isn't your hedge of protection around him and yet the hedge of protection is around us um from yeshua but why would paul say that you know you need to show your authority too because if you're not so yet yeah, we're protected and we can't have like the enemy come after us on a full-blown attack. However, we want our prayers to be heard, like Sammy says. We want to pray, we want to prophesy, we want to um, minister to people. So I honestly believe that you have to wear a head covering if you want to be in ministry as a woman. And I believe that's what Paul's getting at here. So if you're a woman thinking, why aren't I in ministry? Why is no one listening to my counsel? Why aren't I given this platform to speak? It's like you are not putting on your armor. Just like Joe has to wear his seats and has to wear, um, you know, has speaking proper conduct to be trusted as a teacher. Women have to have some spiritual covering to speak God's word because we are not the authority here. We have to have it checked by men over our church. We have to have it approved because of the fall and the, the role that women have you know right and i think from what you're describing there bex i I can see a spectrum again once again so particularly in the context of when you were talking about uh greece and and the the people that he's addressing in that time it's like the the correlation between the 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 fallen angels and the depictions of the gods and goddesses of the time so much of them were synonymous with lustful um either symbology or even action in terms of the things that were taken part in the worship of these these deities which were the fallen ones so on one one end of the spectrum you've got right so you've got the influence of some really um uh malevolent uh entities that can be to your detriment but then like you say when you go to the other end of the spectrum the optimum of what this is saying. So on one end, it's protection, but on the other, there's optimum. So the optimum of this is that your prayers could be fire, you're more protected, and Yah can um, use you in a way that maybe you felt ineffective uh, as you were before. Yeah, I um, I believe that Paul is saying here, women you're amazing i want to use you in ministry i want you to pray and i want you to prophesy not just in church when you're on the street when you're out and about but how can you do that unless that you show that you're under authority and you have your protection and your covering on so again i'll repeat myself if you feel like your prayers aren't being heard or you're having struggles with your mental health or you don't feel like your ministry as a woman is being, you know, taken to the next level, I would openly consider a head covering because Paul is saying here that you need some to show that you are under the church's authority, under a man's authority, and that you can be trusted to do this job. You know, 
just like Joe has to wear a certain thing and speak in a certain conduct, like it is so important for women to have this this seal of authority and have her voice checked because, man, you don't want to be doing this um, without that authority because it's just not going to last. And it, it, God's just saying, oh, man, like you need some spiritual armor here. Just just wear it and I'll use you a lot more. Yeah. Just um went to Ephesians six just to like to show you that there is the spiritual realm out there, you know, it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. and we all know it. But against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. Now it just says it all, doesn't it? There is evil in the heavenly realm, so we do need that protection from that. Right. And the head coven does protect the wife from that. It's a symbol of authority yeah. that we're under the husband, we're submitted under the husband, but the husband is under Christ. Right. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture, really. It really is. So when, when you say about, um, you know, wrestling, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, I know you kind of touched on it already, but if you could really describe what are the, what is stopping, what are the, the main things that stop you as a woman when it's like, <clears throat> I don't I really don't want to do this I, is it is it pride is it just you like your appearance like what are the main things that that you describe you're like I, I just don't I, I'm not feeling it there's so many aspects basically we've grown up in a very appearance-based world and I don't sit here and say like women shouldn't wear makeup blah 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 because <laughs> I'd just be a hypocrite I believe it's nice to take pride in your appearance and look healthy our bodies are the temple of God however um I, th- I feel like our hair is completely different it's got so many spiritual aspects to our hair if, the, all around the world it's like hairdressers do your hair dye your hair do this you know however um the hair even had glory in uh samson you know his his hair was caught and you know he lost his power so we know that the hair is some kind of organ and i haven't really done a study on that but it's got spiritual aspects it's like a conductor almost even on the avatar films like they connect through the hair and stuff so Mm. there's probably loads of stuff that we don't even know and that we don't even need to know you know god has made us in a specific way and the angels know how we are made and how they can interconnect with us but yeah to answer your question i would say it's definitely pride i mean you just look and think like I look stupid like that. My forehead's a funny shape. I just, it ruins, doesn't go with my outfits. Um, I feel silly because you do feel silly. You feel very silly putting it on. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, my head's a funny shape. My hair, hair's curly. I've got a big head. Like, honestly, it's 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 bizarre, how, but it how all long, comes. How long until you, you don't feel uh, silly putting it on? I don't feel, I feel. I Was there a period of time where you're like, oh, I'm actually, I don't even think about it now? I don't think about it now. Yeah. If I don't have it on, I think I can't pray. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't pray with it off. Right. And, and did that take very long for you to get to that place? Um, I think when you start feeling the benefits um, spiritually, for me, it was more the peace that came into my house and my marriage. Um, because again, I was showing who I was in authority to. I was probably trying to usurp Joe in some way or another. Uh, for me, it didn't take very long. And actually, the Lord blessed me in so many different ways. Like I would just go into a charity shop and I'd see this piece of material. And I started like even making them myself. Like you find like an old scarf, like in the charity shops, you go in the granny bin with all the granny scarves. You find <laughs> a nice pattern that you like and 
um, you cut it up yourself and you make it a bit fun and you actually start to know like find yourself in terms of like oh you know the colors that you do and you don't suit and it's like you start to find like your inner beauty as well it's it's like you feel like you're just more I don't know, like content in yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I actually said to God, how do you want me to wear my hair? And he just, he gave me a picture. So, dinner. Oh, bless So this you. is how I wear my hair now. And what Bex was touched on before, when Israel go into battle and they keep the, w- the women slaves, they shave all the hair off. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. they see the something in the hair, isn't he? Like the, the history of the past and all that. So, Definitely. Um, I think it's vanity as well, because yeah. we are... Our world is so, so on the outer, not on the inner, right. how you look. Um, yeah, so I mean, I had a lot of battles with that, really, because um, I was very vain, yeah. really vain. Um, so I've made a choice, not saying that everyone's got to do this. That's why I don't. I choose now not to wear makeup because I want to love myself the way God made me. Not saying there's anything wrong with makeup, but I was... Did not like my blonde eyelashes. Did not like my blonde eyebrows. I wanted to look the way everyone else looked. So, um, and so, some days I think, oh, I think I'll just go and, um, go and get my eyelashes tinted and, and I'll go and get my eyebrows tinted. And I've, I, um, But God always reminds me of Isaiah 53 and what, like Jesus, Yeshua. Do you know, it just brings me right back to that when I get a bit self-conscious, you know, that he had no form of beauty, none whatsoever. Mm. It's the inner beauty that comes, really. Right. It really is the inner beauty. But that's not what we're discussing today, is that we are discussing headship. Yeah, and but I think it is part of it, and I think even as men, we, we suffer from similar things when it comes to vanity and, and our appearance and, and pride and, and things like that. Um, I, I think what you touched on there, Bex, about the inner beauty element is actually really powerful because, you know, I, I think quite often of like, um, you know, like African women who wear their headscarves like can be the most beautiful looking um, things ever. Like just the combination of um, of patterns, designs, like I'm, I'm no fashionista, but I can look and appreciate the beauty. There's also, I think, an element, there's definitely an element of protection uh, in the world um not we're not even talking about the spiritual angelic realm but if you're just going about your business day to day i'm sure like let, let's just let's just keep it real like if you've got a woman who's dressed uh, immodestly how many p- men are going to be lusting and projecting yeah. in the spirit towards that woman but i think if you are obviously dressed modestly and protected in that way um, I think there's just a natural uh, defense mechanism that's that's taking place there. And and so, um, and just anecdotally as well, because I, I think that's a big part of this subject, and I think that that's where our hearts are tested, that there is um, obviously disagreement in terms of the interpretation of the scripture, but you can't help but be compelled by the testimony and, and the stories of women that have done this. And so, when for just from my personal opinion, I, I think women can look amazing, wearing a, a head covering in whether it's a, a you know a full veil whether it's a bandana um i think if a woman is is comfortable um in the in the way in which uh, god has made her and she's loved by her husband or loved by the, her sisters around her that beauty does come through and it is a big part of of um 
your countenance because it isn't necessarily about your physical appearance it's your countenance that's that's coming through so yeah you don't need the max factor and the maybelline and all that to look amazing it can just be the spirit like coming through so blowing through you yeah it said moses's face shone as he come down from the mountain and all we need is god truly um to shine and and, and be beautiful and um another thing that i thought of as well we are called to not be like the world we're called to be set apart aliens and you know is the world wearing a head covering no is it tell you in the Bible to wear a head covering? Yes. Well, for me, that's enough said. <laughs> it's like we're not called to be like the world. Yeah, people might think you're stupid, might think, and somebody, I, I've had it said to me, well, it's a stumbling block to the world. And I'm like, well, no, we're not called to be like the world, actually. And, you know, if people want to get on board and know what the scriptures say, you know, I have to have that authority and protection to preach to them people. Otherwise, any words that I speak to them may be void. And I need that protection as well to to, to proper have authority in the words that I'm speaking. And I've been persecuted on the head covering as well. I was, I was literally yeah. just about to ask you to actually. Um, what you, you talked about, you know, fear of man and worrying about what other people thought. But were there actually any times where you went into a place or, you know, visited family, loved ones, friends, and they're like, oh gosh, what's that? Like, you've just got like something on your face, but it, was there, what was the reality of people's reactions? Go on, Sam. It's mostly Christians, really. Okay. Into it yet. Uh, anyone else just thinks it's a fashion thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I've had it said once, um, somebody said to me, um, do you want me to stand at the door and hang out silly hats? To all the women that are walking in. Wow. You know, um, yeah, and loads of people, loads have come up to me and said, you do know that you don't have to cover your head. Um, and I've just said, well, you know, I've just got to live in the revelation that God's, I believe God's okay. gave me. I said, go and ask the Father. You know, read the scriptures and ask the Father. Right. Yeah. Well, the main reason why people say that they don't have to wear the head covering is because of that verse that we spoke about before. So if anybody says that to me, I'll say, Paul, Paul did not say you don't need to wear your head covering. Your head is not your covering. Your head is a sexual organ and it makes you <laughs> physically more attractive to demons and lustful men. So yeah. there you go. You, you're People just don't, they don't know the Greek. They don't know the, 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 the original text that it's written in. And this is why we are so blessed. We're called to be Bereans, studiers, test and study to show yourself approved the lord is waiting for you to get this revelation and i'm going to say that to you now the lord is waiting to, for you to get this revelation i'm not going to uh, love you any differently or not let you come to fellowship if you haven't had this revelation yet but and i pray that you do get it because the lord can use you mightily then because you will show who and why and who you're in authority with um but yeah, getting back onto persecution, yeah. Um, I've had persecution, family members. Um, my mum even said to me, you do know all your hair's going to fall out at the front if you keep wearing them bandanas. Like, because apparently it's too tight on your head. And I was just like, oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> and I said it in a loving way. I was like, oh, I've got- We love your shares, really. I've got, I've got, I'm not worried about that, am I? And she was just like looking at me. I know she was probably only trying to like look out for me and be like, you know, your hair might fall out. <laughs> but it's just funny in the way different people say things. Um, somebody else has said to me, um, not even said it to my face, said it to someone else. Who does she effing think she is in that effing head covering? Oh, head scarf. 
And I was like, wow, that riled me up something big. I was like, that is a hate crime, man. Like, I could just get you done by the police, <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you because that has confirmed to me that this is a big deal to, to the spiritual realm. If, you know, you're going to use words of hate like that from your heart, because, you know, imagine if you go up to a, a Jewish person or a Muslim and say them things like you just wouldn't do that. You, right. you know, you you'd have the police knocking at your door saying like that's discrimination mate um yeah just family members as well so um i'm sure even people in the fellowship have probably had a little thinking in the heart no one said anything to me but you know it's a spiritual thing and i the place that i was i probably would have thought the same like why are they doing that and it's almost like because you're not doing it in your heart you have to think like well i have to prove myself right and if we all do it it's fine if you do that but yeah, I would really encourage you to go and read the Paul scripture with the two different interpretations of yeah. covering because it reads completely different and we're called to really study out the word mm. and um, go back to the ancient ways. So Yeah, because yeah. it's in, in the Blue Letter Bible. The two words are different. The two right. Greek words are different words. You know, one means it's um, a fabric, piece of fabric that you cover yourself over with and the other one's your hair, your head, covering yeah. Yeah, it's two different words, separate words. So easy, blue letter Bible, you can just go and study it for yourself. Right. And ask the Father, the Father will let you know. Do you know, I think if you do get like um, persecuted, which I have done many a times by Christians, then obviously that just goes to show that it's doing something to them inside, isn't it? If yeah. it otherwise, nobody would give you any, any stick over it if it wasn't right. a, a spiritual battle. They'd just leave you alone, wouldn't they? Yeah. But because it is a spiritual battle, they get moved inside and say, oh, oh. Right. You know, Some, you something, yeah, cogs something, are something's turning inside. So, and yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's there's, the um, it's really, um, it's really compelling how people, uh, believers and unbelievers alike, pick up on it. Like of all the things that, um, you could use as an insult or a way of baiting somebody in the faith, like to, 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 to hone in on that would definitely suggest that something's going on in the background. Um, what I really, what I really appreciate and what I love, um, is that there's something about, um, like you said, Sammy, that somebody has not received the revelation at this point. And I think we are, I've, I've said it before, we're all just products of the sum total of what we've studied, mm. what we've read, what the, the Spirit has revealed to us, what we've been led to find out. And we are literally expressing what that means to us and where we are at in terms of our relationship with God. And people can forget that really quickly. And it comes to a point where there's condemnation or there's shame or there's insults about somebody's convictions. Now, if somebody says to me, I'm not wearing mixed linen anymore, I'm just wearing one, one, I'm like, do you know what? If that's what you've read, if that's what the Spirit's led you, what you believe the Spirit has led you to do, I'm going to respect that. And I'm not going to expect you to tell me that I need to do the same thing. I will pray for revelation for that individual. And I think that's so important when we uh, step out in these areas of expressions of our faith, uh, expressions of our obedience and love for God, that um, we're, we're sharing it in a way that is in love, that is um, uh, speaking of the benefits and not condemning others for doing the same thing. Yes, it's great to be zealous. Yes, it's great to express um, 
our convictions in a way that um, we're passionate about because that's that's great. Um, but I wish we could, I won't say wish. Um, it's my hope that we learn to stop being so offended by what other people are doing or what they're not doing, um, particularly in these areas. So I just I just it's my hope that people receive that that this this is a, a message of love. This is a message of um, appreciation of of the things that um, you ladies have have, have, uh, have been revealed and have um, had the benefits of. And uh, again, that emphasis on like every subject that we we go into on here, study for yourself, pray to the Father, pray to the Spirit that that if what we're saying is a load of, then then it is and it will be revealed. Either way, like pray faithfully, and um, I'm sure that the Father will have something to say on the subject. Yeah, and on the contrary as well, we spoke about the persecution, but there's been a lot of amazing benefits and confirmations um, of other people getting the same revelation at the same time. You know, there was um, me and two other sisters, and we all pretty much got the revelation at the same time, and we were all pretty much... um, like we were married and we had children and we were all feeling the same feeling a bit fried overwhelmed overstimulated you know because when you become you you change your role when you become a mom it's like you have another thing to be an authority over so you're like authority but then you have an authority and it's a massive switch up and you know we got the revelation um to wear it at the same time and I've seen their marriages bloom and their motherhood bloom so you know for me that's a confirmation that it's not just me it's a universal thing for other people to be blessed with um and it wasn't like some people probably think well they're all just copying each other how sad (laughs) because that's probably what it looks like but I can honestly say that that revelation for them of the sisters came from God and it was all around the same time and I know that they were blessed by it and I know that they're still being blessed by it so um for me that was beautiful to witness and it wasn't just a little clicky thing that we're doing they all genuinely got told by God and they've all really had positive um impacts uh, for them and their family really yeah I was speaking to my mum today because my mum went to church like when she was younger my, my mum was saying all the women Wore hair covering in church, right. all of them. Right. All the men took the hats off when they come in. Right. It's only since the feminist movement yeah. in the 60s that you know, it's changed. And what, what's happened is, unfortunately, the church has invited the world in. Yeah. Right. Do you know, they're not set apart right. the way they used to be. And the, I know they're doing it, like, to share the gospel and everything, to be more lenient. So people, more people will come into the church. But, you know... Um, it just say, doesn't it, in the end times, people will have um, a form of religion, but without its power. Right. You know, without the right. power, because, Amen. you know, we're ambassadors for Christ, and we're ambassadors for his name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got to give glory to his name. Right. And, you know, um, so we've got to do what he tells us to do, you know, to give glory to his name. Um, so I believe... Um, by word and head coverings, we will see the power of God. Um, you know, I have seen healings, I have seen deliverance, I have seen salvation, and I think word and head covering is part of that. I did, I do, I can honestly say, since word and head covering, my prayer life was went amazing, and also as well, me and Ray made a decision to pray together. Do you know, um, right. which is important, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, hallelujah. So. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, Sammy, you you you've touched on a, a, a whole um, a whole different area of 
uh, when culture and society starts to dictate and influence um, the church and then how the church at large compromises on biblical precepts in order f- to facilitate being accepted by the world or being more, um, how can I say, being more accessible. Uh, and I get, I understand that be all things to all men. You know, there are times in which we exercise certain spiritual practices uh, for certain people at certain times. But when it comes to compromising on, on certain issues, just, just so that we can get by and get on, that's not, yeah. you know, you, Yeshua says that we'll be hated, that, that, that his ways are a folly to those that, that don't understand, you know, that it's, it's, it's right. It's right and it's proper. So, um, yeah, I think there's, yeah. there's a blend there. And then from that seed, you know, um, what, what was next, you know, women pastors, you know, right. it's just not right, is it? So you right. open the door, a little town, you right. let okay, the world yeah. in. And now we have ladies as pastors. Do you know, how can a, a woman be over a man? Yeah. It's just not right. And, you know, we are made different as well. Women are more emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, and God God knows that. Right. Men are more... Um, um, logical. Yeah, I feel... Me, also me and raised are more logical. I'm more emotional, you know. So we do have, um, women do have t- seasons, don't they? Yeah. Like, you know, which you get emotional in those seasons as well. <laughs> yeah. Very emotional. You know, when men don't go through that, you know. So because, like, we've stopped wearing head covering, the authority's gone, uh, men and women are equal, now you get women pastors, what next? I mean, what next? You know, um, so which I think actually re-emphasizes the whole context of what Paul's talking about yep. is yeah. the distortion of the order uh, yeah. within the body. Yeah, that's it. The fact that the culture and the society at that time has actually started to dictate the practices and the principles within within. And now, if we look at Christianity as a whole, and I'm sure you know we can point fingers at like messianic whatever. Um, I'm sure we're all guilty of different things, but. I think you're absolutely spot on is that these things, even this conversation would absolutely trigger uh, 90% of the population. And that's what it's supposed to do because God has designed and declared an order. The world is completely at enmity with it. And sadly, a lot of the church has either fallen away from it or um, yeah, haven't had that revealed to them in this generation. So yeah, it's, it's a very real, it's a very real proposition that we've got at the moment. It is, and the Almond House, as Sammy was just speaking about, I will hold my hands up and say that like, we are very liberal in some areas. Um, we do this because, as Sammy said, it's to get the gospel out. And I know for a fact if we sat at the door and said, like, you know, you can't come in if you don't have your head covering, or things that I know would benefit them, or we really pushed it, we just wouldn't have the same numbers. So I have to believe that, you know, the sanctification of the Lord will um um push people to to do it more but we've also again had the revelation that we are like a revolving door so the the almond house rotates different people come and different people go 
do I want it to be like that? No, I don't. I, that is not my wish, what my flesh. I say everybody that comes through that door are my family. I love them. It breaks my heart when people leave. But I have to follow the prophecy that we've been given that people come and people go because they can't always be here with us. And I don't know whether that is. And, I, you know, part of me, I do believe that, like, the great falling away is massive and it breaks my heart to see people fall away. And is it because we're neglecting these ancient practices? Probably is. So please press into the Lord and ask him what ancient practices that you are neglecting and is causing you to be open to the enemy because the amount of people that I have seen falling away from this walk it it breaks my heart and you know who knows what it could be for them to maybe stay on this walk what their prayer life would have been if they would have just submitted to their husband a little bit more if they would have just um, known their place a little bit more if they would have just been a little bit more grateful a little bit more loving a little bit more serving I, I, I bet you they wouldn't have left because you know a lot of people just, um, they get the bee in a bonnet about something, gets in their flesh and, you know, it, it does break my heart, but I just have to follow the prophecy that we've been given that, you know, people come and people are going to go and, and that's fine and whatever they're going to be, the Lord is going to do a work in them. And we have seen people come back as well, which is truly amazing, absolutely unbelievable. So yeah, it's again, just ask the Lord, what am I missing out on? What am I What am I not quite hitting the mark with? The Bible tells us that like sin isn't hitting the mark doesn't mean that you're gonna not be saved because of it no but you're missing out on a massive blessing you know there the will be things that you're missing out on a massive blessing with so yeah I just wanted to share that that you know there, there's so many things and I'm still scratching the surface on things that I need to discover that the Lord has set in ancient times that need to be lived out more in these dark very dark times you know yeah um and with that I just uh yeah I think it'd be good to say that we all see for a glass dimly um until uh the other side of eternity we're all going to be struggling with the fullness because uh as paul said if anyone uh believes they know everything they know nothing and um none of us have the full picture mm -hmm. so it's really important that we do have these conversations that we do share our experiences and do it in in a loving way so that we can help each other um be more like christ uh to serve each other more and to um yeah reflect his love re reflect his ways and, and be the light in the world and um like we said all of these things are, are for our benefit not for our detriment mm -hmm. and um it's our hope that everything that we've shared um this evening is is for your benefit uh, with that being said ladies is there any uh closing uh things any thoughts feelings that you want to share before we uh before we um close off I, I just wanted to say um you know if somebody didn't have the head covered then i would pray with them my friend Jan, we've been praying together for 25 years and she doesn't wear head cover and we pray each morning. You know, the prayers um, do get answered. So I just wanted to say, you know, because that is because she is living her life in obedience to God. Amen. God has not told her to wear a head covering. She has not even asked him about head covering. She hasn't even done a study on head covering. But in her heart... Before God, she is sin-free because she, in her heart she is living life to be obedient to God as much as she as as she can. You know, um, some people like like Jan. Uh, if I mention her covering, she'll just go, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not even going to study. I'm not even going to look into it." You know, um, she just likes to keep the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, but there is benefits in her covering. There really is. Yeah, there's peace and a peace. 
yeah inner peace and all the things that we've talked about but yeah again um we'll end on that we're not to be contentious in these areas paul ends that scripture where he says if you have contention on these things just just don't go there there's just no point so i'll never ever judge or condemn or be contentious of anybody that hasn't had that revelation yet um yeah this that wasn't the aim of this podcast in fact i didn't even want to do this podcast guys like i've been avoiding this podcast like long time like like the plague honestly i thought about it i thought maybe mm, nah then jack and joe said to me well why don't you ask people what topics so there's probably been about six or seven um youtube comments asking for it and then sammy come along and said well we can do it together and i thought i can't run from this any longer i've got my second Mm. witness alongside me and my sister so you know i do believe that this podcast has been from god it hasn't been my will to do this in fact it's been one of the ones for me that i've had to really really study and not um you know even fast i've just done a fast on it as well just to make sure that i was doing this right for god because um it's not something that i talk about lightly i don't want to put myself in a teacher role and for a disclaimer all the scriptures that i have spoken about tonight me and joe have done basically a three-day bible study on it so you know go read your bible study it out for yourself um Dr. Hesse, I think it's H-E-I-S-S-E-R. I'll put a link in the description or his name in the description. Heiser, um, Michael Heiser. Yeah, yeah, right, he's yeah. done a really, really good podcast on it. Basically, like, um, breaks down all of the Greek words, the sexual terms, the weird, the wonderful, the context of Paul, the fallen angels. He's done basically um, a really, really good podcast to go and check out if you want to keep studying. Amazing. Um, so with that being said um to our lovely audience uh that gentleness is indeed a fruit of the spirit so if you have an opinion uh if there's something that you agree with or disagree with just remember that gentleness uh, we do invite uh obviously our uh, in the comment section uh, opinion um it, i think it's healthy to have dialogue um if there are things that uh, you disagree with if there are things that you agree with please by all means get involved. Um, but I would just urge you just to be uh, mindful of, of how you're conveying your, your opinion. Um, it'd be really good to hear other people's testimonies and experiences of um, of this. Uh, again, if anybody has any uh, teachings or, or, or ideas about uh, where we can elaborate or look even more into this subject, uh, we invite that as well. Uh, because again, it's it's about uh, exploring these uh, avenues together. So again, just to emphasize, this is not a salvation issue. This is not a uh, 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 a teaching. This is uh, a few heads coming together to share a very delicate and very nuanced and very deep subject. So with that being said, I hope this has been a blessing to anybody that hears this. Um, from uh, from me, I, I greatly appreciate uh, your time. And from our house to yours, shalom. Uh, God bless. This has been The Upper Room. And God willing, we'll see you again in the future. Shalom. 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 shalom.